this is Scoreline Extra, the podcast that condenses down some of the interviews that we had on Scoreline at the weekend on KCLR. We had some live games on KCLR, you can go listen back to those on Big Game Live, but here is where you're going to get the post-match reaction. We'll hear from Mullinavat players, Clonmore manager and post-match from Palatine's game against Port Arlington. We'll also hear from the Muckley senior ladies team as they prepare for a Leinster final against O'Dwyers. And then on to soccer where the Shelburne and Republic of Ireland player Aoife Kelly who talked all things soccer. Davy Jones joined us to talk about fitness while Joe Sheen did his regular slot on Greyhounds. And Colin Cronin came back from the Irish NFL show to talk all things, well, you guessed it, NFL. With a bit of boxing thrown in from Carlos Ragin Bulls Boxing Club. We'll start off though with the Mullinavat post-match reaction. Here's Michael Aylward. I'm with Mullinavat manager Michael Aylward after their 3-9 to 15 point victory over Shandona Westmeath Intermediate Champions in today's AIB Leinster Intermediate Football Championship quarter-final in John Locke Park here in Callan. Michael, congratulations first of all. Another brilliant result to back up that win against Bracken in the first round. Yeah, it is, Robbie. Like, you know what I mean? The lads worked hard and just, just put on the scoreboard and just got, got the result today and Go on now again the next day and try to do the same again. That's what it's about. And the opening spell in the game, Michael, was probably the toughest spell for your team in the sense that Shandana, I think, had a three-point lead at one stage, five points to two, before Michael Malone, your captain, got a brilliant goal. Was it really important at that stage maybe to not let them get into a two or possibly even a three-score lead and to stick in it and wait for your chances to come? And you took them when they, when yeah, they did come. It was. Like, we, started, we started a lot better today than what we did the last day again. Bracknell was like, um, he, had to go, he got the goal at the right time. They didn't get too much ahead of us. Like, at least only one score and we got going. Then we still leveled at halftime, so at least... It was all to play for in the second half. And you played really well from that point on, but was the kind of thought process before the game maybe to stick in it a bit more than what you did against Bracknell to try and keep the scoreboard sort of a lot tighter and then springboard on from there? Yeah, it is, you know what I mean? Like, we, we had gone a good bit behind the last day and it took a good effort, a hell of an effort in the second half, like, to, to get it going. But today, like, did well, very well in the first half, converted a chance that we didn't convert again Bracknell. Second half then we started 1-5 to 8 points, was level game starting went from there on that's it a couple of early goals good scores and a couple of early goals and just kind of seemed to knock the wind out of them and they got a couple of points to that end like we prevented them from getting goals which was which was important like you know what I mean a goal a goal is a lot of um, takes a lot of work in football to get a goal back and you got three of your own how crucial were they particularly the two back to back in the second half those two quick fire goals your second from Michael Malone and obviously from your centre back Jeremy Malone too there was a crucial spell in the game where you really took advantage of it wasn't it yeah, we did. You know what I mean. We got the goals at the right time, and it, like I said, it it, it, adds, it makes it awful hard to get him back. And we just we were creating the goal chances. Could have maybe one or two more, but like look, if we got a three point win today, it still gets us to a semi final where they win by three, one point, two point, three points, or twenty points. It's just a matter of getting to the next day. And your conversion rate today was brilliant. I was chatting with um, Michael Malone there and Ian Duggan, two of your forwards, and something that we both kind of mentioned was the fact that you didn't miss a lot of opportunities. Was that something that you spoke about after the Bracknell game to maybe when there were opportunities on, whether it be for goals or points, that you, you really have to be clinical? Oh, you do, you know what I mean? You're not, um, you're not a real football savvy county or whatever you want to put it, but like, whatever chance you get, you have to convert it. It's about the percentages and it's about um, once you have it on the scoreboard, can't anybody take it off you. And Michael, after the game against Bracken, I spoke to you about maybe football within the county, but 
do you, the perception of football, I suppose, in Kilkenny from outside the county is one that maybe they almost see themselves as favourites a lot of the time, taking on whatever club it may be, and whether it be ladies football or yourselves, Mullinavata, in the Gaelic football side of things. Is that something that you speak about with your own players that maybe there is almost that, well, there might be a lack of respect within the county. There's almost a lack of respect for football outside the county, and you can use that as a motivational factor ahead of these games. Yeah, you can use the motivation, but any, any player, Kilkenny, Hurling, football, Camogie, ladies, football, Camogie, whatever it is, once you put on a jersey inside in Kilkenny, you're as proud as anybody, and that's what it's about. You know what I mean? Anyone that gets a chance to put on a Kilkenny jersey is great, but anyone that's playing in their own club, they will fight tooth and nail for it, and that's what it's about. How much are you and the whole panel enjoying it, Michael? There just seems to be an unparalleled atmosphere within the, within the place. I must say there's a really great buzz, not just within the parish of Mullinavat, but also around the county to see you do well and maybe try and even, dare I say, go one step further than what you did in 2019 with that final. Yeah, there is. Do you know what I mean? Does people outside the club even, you know what I mean, want you well, like even see the county secretary, yeah, Pat Mulrooney, like he's in there talking to the lads as if it was his own club, like, and that's a man from Clare, like, but has a passion for football, Kenny, and has seen what these lads can do. There's plenty of other people around the county, like, you know what I mean, talking to a neighbour of my own last night, text me, said, which is the best look, like Michael Denty, I know bloody well if he was full of his health, he'd be here today, maybe as mad as anybody, like, and it's about, it's about a bit of enjoyment, like, and it's the feel-good factor it brings to the parish, like, you know what I mean, you go out for an hour, you play football, it's inside the four white lines, whatever happens there, it's good fun, and nobody dies, and we just get on with it, and we enjoy it, that's what it's about. Certainly is, and lastly, Michael, two weeks' time now, the semi-final, I think it's Fettered of Wexford, you're playing, they bet, um, Aero Greystones today of Wicklow, tough opposition again, but these two games should stand here? Yeah, they will stand to us, like, but they're, they've been playing senior with the last number of years. They were just relegated last year, the Selvan Horse Woods. So they will have, you know what I mean, they will be strong, physically strong. You know what I mean? So we just, we'll probably win as underdogs. And as the start of the game, they'll be 0 0 on the scoreboard and whatever's on us at the end of the game. That'll tell you who's, who's the favourite or not. Well done again today, Michael Aylward, and the very best of luck in the semi final. And hopefully, please God, we'll have a chat again the next day. Please God is right. And with Mullen Avac captain Michael Malone after their 3 9 15 point victory against Shandona in the AIB Leinster Intermediate Club Football Championship quarter final. Michael, congratulations, a brilliant victory. Um, how are you feeling after that one? Yeah, sure, absolutely brilliant. Um, I suppose going out, we're obviously going out with the will to win. Uh, we knew it was going to be hard and the first half showed, uh, showed it and it was a struggle the whole way through but we as, as the same as the last game we kind of kept, kept in the game and we got the goal before half time and that puts us in a, good, in a good position then for the second half and I suppose a few balls broke, our, broke the right way in the second half and it gave us a lead we kind of needed then we hung on till the end so. Is that something that you speak about as a team that maybe when it's, the game is going against you or the opposition have momentum that you just stick in it keep kind of within a score of the opposition and then when you have your kind of time to shine that you take your chances like you did today again as you did against Brackna Yeah I suppose that's it you just, you're just always trying to stay in the game no matter, no matter what way it goes and listen nearly every game there always breaks come your way and I suppose the important thing is just to take them down when they come and you, it gets you back in the game so how important was, I know you're probably not going to go on about yourself too much, but your goal in particular in the first half, you were three points down, I believe, at that stage, or maybe two points down, and Shandana were having a lot of the play, but that goal really stemmed the tide of the game, and from there on in, you seemed to kick on. Was that a critical moment in the game, similar to your own goal against Bracknell, of course? Yeah, it, it probably was. Uh, they were well on top. Um, I think when we got the goal, I think we were only two points down, but still they were well they, they looked the better team at the time and uh, the goal I think was a point up then and uh, I suppose really got us, got us going then in the game so yeah well, listen it, 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 it was a turning point I suppose but uh, yeah 
And for Shandona, I mean, they started the game really well, probably finished really strongly. But that second third of the game where there was about a half an hour spell before halftime and after halftime where you got two goals yourself, Ger Malone got a goal, and you just were really dominant. How important was it to take your chances? Because there wasn't an awful lot of opportunities that have kind of been missed today. You really seemed to take everything when it came. Yeah, we, we, we yeah, I suppose we did take uh, most chances that came away, but I suppose we're up, I think the lads say, I didn't realise as much, but I think we're up nine points. Um, so it, it was a comfortable lead and the thing was to hang on. But there in, in the last, uh, I suppose, last third anyway, we probably went a little bit defensive and invited them on a little bit. And I think it finished, I think we only won by three points in the end. So maybe, listen, maybe that's something to look at for the next day. To, uh, if we are ahead, kind of keep pushing and... To don't sit back and invite him on because it, 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 a, a ball broke down there and it could be goal like a, a next time then the game could be gone on you so it, I suppose just, it's just massive to when you get ahead uh, just to make sure you, you, keep the, you keep that lead Is that a really hard thing to do though because I suppose naturally any, any team particularly in football are going to drop off a bit when they have such a healthy lead I think it was 8 points actually at one stage in that second half can you do much about that or is it just more of a natural thing that you do drop off and you almost try to manage the game or is it something that you will try to improve on the next game um, I suppose it's more of a natural thing um, my opinion on it is well I, I think us as a team we're far better when we're pressing I think when we sit back it, it doesn't really suit us and as I said we do invite lads on um, I think what, one of our stronger uh, points is when we are pushing when we're running another team like so I suppose for us it is something we, we can improve on and we probably will try and improve on it before the next day. And that's something I noticed against Bracken in the last round and today that when you really take a team on you get a lot of scores in a kind of a heavy hitting scoring session almost um, in a kind of a 10-15 minute spell maybe as we've seen today with the three goals as I said. Is it hard to do that for the whole game though? Is it something that you talk about that maybe at times you are going to have to drop off and press or is it something that you do try to do for the whole of the game but maybe the opposition spurn you from doing it for the majority of the 60 minutes? Yeah, no, it, it, it is something we try and do for the whole 60 minutes but every team will always have their purple patch and I suppose that's what I suppose maybe gives us a bit of a break as well um, it'd, be, it'd be hard to keep that uh, momentum up for 60 minutes but no listen it's, it's definitely something you go out and you, you try you, you, you never try to, to sit back and, uh, and take a break from it and Michael, how much are you enjoying it at the moment? I mean, 2-4 for yourself today you're in incredible form individually but the whole club is just great, great momentum behind you yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant we'll go down now and we'll, uh, we'll have a few drinks tonight and celebrate and um, back to train then Tuesday and the rest of the week or whatever but no listen it's absolutely brilliant and uh, it's brilliant for the club and Kilkenny and there's more than us enjoying it there's uh, locals and from further field and they're all enjoying it as well so ho hopefully we can keep it going from now and uh, go one better than uh, we did in 19 yeah, it really has captured the imagination, I think, not just of Mullen of our people, but the whole county that you are again having a run in the Intermediate Championship. And that run continues against Fettered of Wexford, I believe. They bet grey stones of Wicklow today in the other quarter final. Tough opposition again, but two games behind you now, they'll stand to you going into that one, won't they? Um, yeah, they should. I, I, think it's, I think it is Fettered there coming up now, two weeks' time. But uh, I'm not sure, I don't know much about now myself. But uh, the two games we're after having, they, they will... We, we, you'd be thinking we'd be improving because uh, they're the only two games we had since the Thomastown game so um, I suppose every game you get under the belt you, you should be getting a, a little bit better each time so please God anyway Well best of luck in the next round Michael and it's always a pleasure speaking to you and thanks very much for speaking to me today No bother, thanks very much
I'm joined by Mullinavac cornerback Mikey Jones. Spoke to him after the last defeat of Bracknell, of course, in the Leinster uh, first round. And now they have defeated Shandona by three goals and nine points to 15 points here in Callan to advance to the semi-final. Mikey, I spoke to you after the last game. As I said, you were delighted then. You must be absolutely ecstatic now. Brilliant performance, brilliant result. Yeah, um, it was excellent. It was excellent. Excellent by the whole It's a squad's game. Like We had, we had two changes in today and... Uh, that just shows you the competition that's within the squad. Like there's, there's lads, even when they were calling out the team the other night, say there was lads <laughs> worried they didn't know who was going to start, who was going to not. But the atmosphere brings around place. Um, the crowd from Mullava here today, they're all on the pitch after. Everyone's delighted. Um, it's just so easy. It's, it's a brilliant thing for the parish. Like it's a brilliant thing for the group. But uh, yeah, I suppose when you win, it makes it all a lot easier, you know. And you mentioned there, there was such a big crowd here from Mullava. There was the last day as well against Brecknell, but particularly today, the Kemander droves. How brilliant is it to see the kind of joy and happiness that you're bringing to the whole parish, as you said? Yeah, it's it's, it's brilliant. Like, um, I think Shandona had two buses down here as well today, so it was it was great to keep the numbers up and be heard. Um, but yeah, what, what what it does for the whole parish, like, I think one of our management team spoke about. Um, he met a woman here the last day. She she stayed back after the game. She's no relation to the team, not nothing to do with the team, and she's from Mullivat. And she was above in the stand, nearly in tears with delight because she was so happy and she seen the thrill it brought that elderly woman and she's coming to watch us play and you see things like that you're you're only happy to be bringing joy to the parish like that like you know and it's not just the parish Mike I suppose the whole of Kilkenny is kind of it's really captured the imagination the fact that you really apply yourself so brilliantly on the football field and it's seen in the results and I spoke to Michael Aylward recently too and he just says there's nothing like a run in a provincial championship and football is given the opportunity for you to have that run yeah it's a, spe- it's a special thing like um you talk to anyone outside the club, like there's more people stopping me, asking me, "Geez, great win and all this." But like, it's 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 a special thing. Everyone realizes how hard it is to win Leinster. You go out and hurl in Leinster. You ask Ballyhale what what's going to be like next week. They're not going to be taking any uh, anyone for granted, you know. Neither do we. Obviously, <laughs> we're probably taken for granted a lot of the time. But uh, no, we're 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 delighted to be on the run and. Hopefully last we've we've another day out now. It's another 60, 65 minutes, and uh, that's all we can look for. We look forward to it. Is that something you talk about that maybe they are almost underdogs for every game through almost no fault of your own, but almost more so perception from outside the county that you know ah, it's a Kilkenny football team that can't be that strong. But you come out week in week out and put in performances and really prove a lot of people wrong. Shandona were favourites again for this game, but you really shown that you were by far the better team. I must say, despite the scoreboard reading the three point victory, I think you controlled it for large spells and shown again why you are such a good football team. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, like um, I don't know we. We're a big, we're a big group like of fifteen, twenty, twenty-five lads there. We're hurling all the time together. It's, it's just the football is in us. It's the heart is in us as well, you know. Like there's a brilliant effort from everyone. I know you say they got back to three points. We were, were we eight up or something? Yeah. But like, it takes a lot to maintain that for sixty minutes, you know. And uh, we're delighted to hang on in the end. But it's insane that we were in control. It's just we went down fourteen men as well with black hair, but. Uh, I know we're we're we know we're capable of, and it's about producing it. And sometimes you can slack off ten, fifteen minutes. You can get caught in that ten, fifteen minutes. But uh, thankfully today we weren't. And your fitness levels are something that myself and my co-commentator today, Eddie Scally, notices as well. They're absolutely incredible and far beyond probably Shandona and Bracklin with the greatest respects to those sides as well. Did the hurling keep you fit throughout the summer as well? The fact that there was a five-month break between the county final against Thomastown and two weeks ago against Bracklin in the first round. Was the hurling key in terms of keeping your fitness up ahead of this Leinster Championship run? Oh yeah, 100%. Um, like, we're, I don't know how long we're finished hurling now, maybe five, six weeks, but like, lads... 
there's there's a culture around uh, hurling now and, and say senior senior sports like everyone is doing their own bit there's no one like everyone is doing a bit of gym work or they're out running or you know but like we're I know you said five months but we've been training even harder in that five months because we were with the hurlers because we were you know, just in as a group together we're training hard we're, obviously we're looking to win the hurling every year we're looking to win the football every year don't get me wrong either like but um, the hurling is a massive boost to us like fitness wise but yeah, so obviously you enjoyed it. You enjoyed what you're winning more, and we're winning football a bit more now. So we'll take it as a come, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's brilliant to have the the fitness still with us, and and that's going to stand to us. Like you know, it stood to us the last two days, and I'm sure recovery now, and it'll stand to us again the next day, hopefully, you know. And I think the next day brings with it a clash against Wexford side Fetter, who defeated Greystones of Wicklow today, if I'm not mistaken. Looking forward to that one now. Yeah, Fetter them. Um, Sure, Wexford are our neighbours and it doesn't matter what, what you're playing them in, whether it's hurling or football or, or anything. Um, I'm sure there'll be a big crowd up from Wexford for that and we'll have a big crowd and uh, yeah, we'll be delighted to play them, yeah. Well, congratulations again, Mikey Jones, on a brilliant victory against Shandana and the very best of luck in the next round. Cheers, thanks very much. And with Mullen of corner forward, Ian Duggan, after their 3-9 to 15 points of feet of Shandana in the AIBGA Leinster Intermediate Quarter Final today in John Locke Park in Callan. Ian, what a brilliant performance from yourself personally and also from the team. Just an exceptional day for Mullen of football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just delighted to get the win. Uh, we were we were quietly confident coming up here today, but you never know until the day you don't really know the opposition too well. But uh, thankfully, we, we we pulled out the win anyway. Yeah, delighted. And just to go back to the start of the game, Ian, you seem to play quite defensive in the first 10-15 minutes. I think it was five points to two at one stage to Shandona. Were you kind of thinking about containing the opposition and then maybe unleashing forwards like yourself, Michael Malone, and others as the game went on, or what was the kind of tactical plan at the early outset of the game? Uh, well, obviously, early you, you want to stick in the game. You want to kind of make it a battle. But we, to be honest, we didn't go out with a defensive mindset, really. We kind of took a, time to, a while to settle into the game. And I think that we were a little bit nervous, a little bit edgy on the ball. And But yet we were kind of just like ticking away. We're only two or three points down, having not played too well. So it was similar to last day that we knew that we have, we can when we kick into gear, we can, we can uh, you know, we have the firepower. So... Um, it wasn't really a, a thing early we, we, again we're feeling each other out as opposition we don't know a whole lot about them we, we kind of identified a few other key men but um, early stages are always nervous nervy kind of kind of openings but um, but you know, no we, we, we definitely do want to stay in the game but um, we didn't go out with a particular uh, objective of containing them anyway and then I suppose the game turned on Michael Malone's goal in the first half brought you level very similar to the last day against Bracknell when Michael got a goal of his own the first goal of the game how key was that moment again to bring you back level and you never lost the game from there I think I don't think you were trailing beyond that point then again you really seemed to kick on after that goal and obviously you got two goals again after that it was just a brilliant performance from there on in yeah no Michael's goal was definitely the key because it just lifts the whole team um, when you see him bursting through and he you know in fairness the finish was it was an unbelievable finish left corner but uh, no it, it definitely the goal kind of kicked us into gear and I suppose after that and the first 10 minutes after the second half we kind of we kind of got going and, and got up a bit of a lead which was great um, so yeah and then the two quick fire goals from Michael and from Jerm alone they were crucial weren't they they were yeah but look the lads you know it's when they get going it's impossible to stop them the two of them they're like just flying flying up the pitch um, I wouldn't like to be facing them coming and you know look <laughs> there's times where we, we squander chances too and, and, and we're left open at the back but um, no thankfully the boys created some lovely chances and they took them when, when it mattered most 
you were eight points up after that second goal from Michael Malone and then Shandona seemed to kind of take control of the game a bit was that just a natural thing that they kind of kick on they needed the scores but that you actually managed the game quite well as it went on yeah no it was and towards the end of they, they got a couple of points in a row I think maybe it's Maybe a little bit of tiredness set in too. You know, we, we brought on a few fresh legs off the bench, but they were really going for it at that stage. You know, they had nothing really to lose, so they were bombing forward. And, it, you know, the game kind of takes on that, kind of, it just takes on that way. And, and, like, you're kind of on the back foot. You have that lead. You know you don't want to commit too many bodies forward. So we kind of naturally drift back. Um, and we kind of invited pressure on. And in fairness to Chandona, they, they kicked some unbelievable scores there, um, which kept him in the match. But thankfully, we kind of had that, that period where we got to that eight-point lead really stood to us in the end. And it'll be Fethard of Wexford or Grace Stones of Wicklow. Not exactly sure who won that game. It threw in at half one. I think it was Fethard. Yeah, they, that'll be now in two weeks' time in the semi-final. Tough opposition again. But how much will these two games against Bracknell and now today against Chandona stand to you ahead of that one? Oh, like we, you know, we won't fear anyone. This is this is now our probably our fourth win in, in Leinster Championship. So, you know, we know we are as good as anyone in this competition. You know, we we narrowly lost Leinster final three years ago, and we haven't got an opportunity since to play in it. And uh, we know we're good enough. So it's just whether we can on the day bring what we brought to the last two days. And you know, if we do, we have as good a chance as anyone. And Ian, just before I let you go, how much are you enjoying a person? You're playing some really good football and the whole team in general, there seems to be just a brilliant atmosphere around the panel. Yeah, look, it's football is is like it's just so enjoyable. I know, look, we love Harlan as well, but it's just I don't I wouldn't say there's no pressure on us, but you kind of go out with a bit, little bit more freedom. Um and I think, you know, we really do enjoy it as a, as a group. Um nobody, you know, Harlan is taken very seriously and rightfully so, but we know that when we come out on the football field, we just we just enjoy it and ex- try and express ourselves. And yeah, just it's just kind of a collective kind of a buzz going at the moment with the last couple of years, so uh, when we when we put the hurls away, we, we we do love you know coming out and playing a bit of ball. So it's it's great. It's a great atmosphere in in the kind of dressing room as well. Well, Ian Dogan, congratulations again, and thanks very much for speaking to me today. No worries. Thanks a million. Kieran, sum that up for me. What a great day for Clonmore, but uh, I'm sure a few nerve-stopping moments out there that we witnessed. But uh, as a team, you never gave up and you went on to have a great victory. No, Brennan, yeah, it was a brilliant day for the club, brilliant day for a very young group of players there. Um, I suppose we've kind of spoke about our character throughout the year and it's something we really would have worked on building. And I think it was tested to the full today. And like, you know, even things were going against us in the second half, you know, we were malfunctioning up front and um, 20 minutes thing went by without scoring. But, you know, we, we never panicked and even the few changes came in had a huge impact in the game and just to see the lads finish the game so strongly and the training it's just symbolic of the work we've been doing all year so delighted to get over the line Yeah I think you just said it there your bench really worked well the few changes made worked well and in fairness the lads that were withdrawn you have to change things around if you're going to try and win a Leinster Championship match and while they might have been disappointed you didn't score for 20 minutes but you curtailed them to only two points in the second half also That's it yeah in fairness uh, we put a huge pride in our defensive structure and it's uh, really so to us in games and as we progress in this competition it's only going to be uh, even more important I suppose going back to the bench um, yeah like two weeks ago when we played Grattan Oggs like Dave Mulvaney or Croc as he's affectionately known as it's probably uh, the, brings up the average age team but he didn't come on and, you know, he was very disappointed he's coming back from his shoulder injury and then he got steel in his eye and Jordan Kane the goalie who's neck and neck with Colin McGrath who's played the last four games he didn't play la- the last round either so even for, for, for Jordan to come in and start today and play so well and Croc to come in and influence Dylan Doyle come in and step up on Connolly Anthony Byrne it was brilliant and you know it's just a testament to the work and the belief that the lads have in each other and, and the trust 
trust as well. So hugely, hugely pleasing from a management point of view. I just said to Willie on, on commentary there, Kieran, I suppose you were thinking the same yourself. When they went three points up, the moral of the story was don't let them go four up. If you get back in within two, you're in the game. Credit to the lads. You got back in, you got the score, met it two, and the next thing you took the lead with the goal. It was a very well-worked goal. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant goal. And look, I'm sure if you've been at any Clamore matches this year, there's been quite a few goals of similar style as well. So um, again, a lot from the from the training ground. But to be fair, like uh, no one panicked. Like even you know, when Con would be one of our more accurate shooters, maybe snatched at a shot or two and um, at the start of the second half. And you know, if, if the character wasn't in the team, you know, it was very easy to fall by the wayside and get frustrated and feel sorry for themselves at Straffan, uh, a quality team. But they didn't. And you know, they had the guile and the character and the skill more so than anything else to keep going and keep believing and you know to get the goal. And I think you know we got a couple of uh, crucial scores from Luke Connolly and, and Shane McGrath uh, as well. Shocks are captain. It was, it was brilliant. And then and, and, and they gave a great ball for that goal down the wing as well. It was a super ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other teams would retreat and try and kick it back and hold on to a G stead going direct. Yeah, it was good looking, and, and it's something we've been trying to do is mix our game a little bit as well. And in fairness, like Straffan were probably chasing the game at that stage as well, so the, there was a bit of ex, uh, space to exploit. But in fairness, to Enda, he, he picked his head up and uh, picked the pass out well. But uh, we, we we executed it well. So um, back to the training now on Tuesday, and I said I think it's Castletown and Mead next. So looking forward to that one now already. Yeah, and in saying that. Um, you didn't play overly well in the first half, you know that yourself. Over the hour you look back and you'll probably pick out a few negatives, you'll take the positives, you won the match. But it's great to be in the semi-final Leinster not having played to your full potential on a day in Carlow. But in fairness, you couldn't take anything away from the lads with that second half. Gutsy performance. No, oh, brilliant, yeah. Huge guts. And it's something we've referenced quite a lot in the group and even uh, a training in that as well. I don't think the group has hit their ceiling yet and, and, and that's probably been the motto of our campaign, just to, to, to try and get to the bottom of ourselves and see how far it can take us. And uh, I've even said it before the game, I think there's still another 20, 30, 40% left in that group and you know it's up to us and to try try and get it out and but in fairness they're not lacking for effort even when, when things aren't going well. So no Brendan, I'm just delighted, delighted and very proud of them as well. So um look the next day is going to be uh, another huge, huge obstacle meet, meet club football, it'd be a very tough team, but we're delighted to be home as well and chance to represent Carlo uh, again here in Watch Cullen Park, something the lads have have been very proud of. Certainly, you're shortening the winter first. We're going to bring us to Christmas very quickly. Two weeks, only four weeks to Christmas. Could be a good one, yeah, but one step at a time. You're in a semi final now. Let's hope you can go on and do it. Bit of work to be done, Kieran. But listen, congratulations yeah. today. You met a lot of people very happy and proud out there today. You even had fellas like us jumping around the press box. <laughs> when you get outside the county, we want all the teams to win yeah. locally. Keeps Quinlan and myself on the job as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As you said, uh, you know, we keep saying we'll try to get back for another two weeks, and we've, we've achieved it now. And so we'll be heading towards December now, the next day so look hopefully if we can get over the next round we'll be into we'll be wearing our Christmas hats now in a few weeks but uh, no look delighted just to, to keep keep going we didn't want the journey to end obviously at the start of the year the lads they, they, they were devastated after being relegated the year before and we kind of made a pact to really give the year and train harder as, as a group and really try and gel and form a, a, a real team and they've bought into everything and you know it's just it's from, from my point of view now looking back again just another another step of the ladder climbed it's brilliant and as I said we just want to keep going as for as long as possible we're enjoying every second So as everybody else in Carlow Kieran well done on your performance today as the banished door well done to Clonmore and we look forward to a Leinster semi-final here in at Watch Cullen Park in a fortnight's time and well done Gentlemen thanks very much Gentlemen thanks a million
Martin, well done. That was a complete performance by Port Arlington today. Yeah, uh, look, at we, we came here today under no illusion that Palatine were going to be a, a difficult uh, side to beat. And uh, they showed that in the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes of the game. It was nip and tuck, point for point, both ends of the field. And uh, I think we just we struck a, a good vein of play in, in the last three or four minutes, kicked three or four unanswered, unanswered points. I came into the dressing room at half time, six point lead. And, you know, we've, we felt that if we could add quickly to that in the start of the second half, that we, we, we would put maybe Palatine to bed in, in terms of their, their, their coming back at us. So that's how it transpired, really, Michael. And uh, we're, we're delighted with the win. We're delighted to go here with a win. Uh, it, it may scoreline looked emphatic, but at the same time, you know, we had to work hard for everything we got today. Yeah, you've, you know, teams are good and have good individual players, but as a unit, Port Arlington, Martin, I've seen you against Greg Cullen three years ago. You have a lot of experience now, but as a unit, all your... All players play very well in all departments, and you have a strong bench. Yeah, well, look at we we came here today with two lads suspended, yeah. two lads with with, with bad injuries, and uh, you know that's four, three of those four were on the starting fifteen in the county final this year. So, you know, we we were a slight bit worried coming into the game that would we would we be weakened by that. But um, credit to the subs that came in today, they were they were fantastic, massive. They they, they fell into place, and as I say, like we we have a group of players, and it's three or four years in the making now. The three back the three. Championships in a row, um, going to a Leinster semi-final for the second time in a row, and you know their experience is there. And sometimes you'd wonder the telepathic the way that they play the game. You know what I mean? They, they, they see things that other people are not seeing, and they're able to make the pass that others wouldn't generally make. And look, at the work rate was fantastic today, and I suppose I have to credit the backs as well. You know, keeping uh, Palatine to nine scores. You know. It's, you, Backs win games and forwards determined by how much, and that's the way it happened today. To be honest with you, you preempted what I was going to say to you. I just looked back. I said it to Willie Quinlan on commentary. Against Greg Cullen, you conceded eight points. Against Port Lee, six in your county final. Against Dempsey's seven. Your backs are terrific. You only conceded nine today, and that that says a lot, a lot for your defence. Well, look at we have a mean, mean set of backs, and, and I said to Leash today in a, in a interview a few moments ago, we have six backs that could get on most of the weaker intercounty teams around the country. To be honest with you, um, you'd be the, delighted to have them and uh, you know they pride themselves on their defence and, and keeping teams score lines down so look at it as I said it's three four years in the making this team and, and now we're coming to hopefully uh, the pinnacle of, of, of our achievements by getting to Croke Park and maybe getting to a Leinster final well, we certainly wish you well, Martin. You've done a great job of them so far. Best wishes to Bordan. Smashing football team. Very disciplined team, I might add, too, on football from the world go. That's what people want to see. Well done. I really appreciate that. Thanks a million. Man, Cheers. Thanks a million. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Martin. Paddle, disappointing result in the end. But listen, I, look, I always like the positive. That was something well done on a terrific journey with Palatine. Biggest day in the club's history. But to be fair, you, you met a bit of a machine today. Port Arlington were excellent. You made a few mistakes. That happens. But the moral of the story is you're out of the Leinster Championship. Yeah, I suppose, Brendan, you kind of summed it up well there. Like, look, to get experience, you need to gain experience. And unfortunately, today, we gained an experience, you know, of that, you know, to get into the last, you know, four in Leinster, we needed to, you know, come up another level. And unfortunately, just today, you know, a few bounces of the ball in the first half didn't go our way, which would have kept us in the game. And we probably needed to be in the game at halftime. Six points probably wasn't a fair reflection of that first half. And, you know, second half then, we need to start the same way we did against O'Loughlin or against Raffaele. We pushed up, went looking for the scores. They punished us and got one three on responded. Game over. So you know, to to you know, for us to try and win that game in that, that scenario, we had to try and gamble to get scores. And you know, leaving spaces at the back for a side like that, you know, just you know, they they're going to wipe you out. So there, uh, if you're not taking scores up front, you know, and in fairness to the lads on the field, they were brave. They pushed up. 
a lot of other sides would have just sat back, put three back as sweepers and just closed out the game and lost by seven or eight points. Our lads on the field decided no, they wanted to push on and try and retreat the situation and fortunately that's that's what happened in the end was we got bet 21 scores to, to nine I think it was in the end. Uh, you lost Connor before half time. I mean, when you lose an inter county star, he's been a star player in Carlow 2022. That didn't help your situation. I'm not going to say he was going to pull it out of the fire on his own, but when you lose your star man, it's a big blow to a team. Yeah, look, Connor's been a huge leader all year. Uh, like, in fairness, in other matches where we've lost players, players have come in and, and stood up. And look, you know, um, you know, today I think Chris Parrell was the 27th player to play a senior championship for us this year. So I'll just tell you how much we've delved into the panel. And look, maybe there was just, just one game too far for the panel. You know, like the killing thing for us was if we got over today, David Reid would have been back from suspension. Stephen Riley would have had another game under his belt. Uh, Jack, Tomas, Kenny, Jamie, Kenny would have all been back for the next game. But however, you know, if I if I was uh, if I had a few extra zeros at the end of the bank account, I'd be a millionaire. So. I would. Yeah, just unfortunate. But as I said, uh, we can't take anything from Port Arden. They are they are a class out. They're on the way to a Leinster semi final. Would have been brilliant for Palatine to get to Croke Park. But look, uh, football and and sport in general can be cruel. Pat, you know that as good as, as well as I do. Yeah, look, like like to be honest with you, it's it's something that I said to the lads in the dressing room afterwards. You know, Jim Gavin's Dublin. You know, have had suffered one or two bad defeats along the way. If you look at the Kilkenny team, you know that won four in a row or eight or seven out of eight or nine all earns, whatever it was. Uh, you know, day days. You know where they lost heavily. Galway by 20 odd points in a Leinster final it's how they react after this you know and you know like come next August you know you know the t- county title goes back on the line and you know we're just a little bit disappointed we didn't do the Carlo Senior Football Championship justice today it's probably one of the hardest football championships in the country to win in the sense of there's eight very even teams there and you know so like not only we're representing Pal today we're representing the Carlo you know football championship as well so look like the lads are, are going to be tired they're going to be sore tonight you know but I'm sure come Tuesday or Wednesday when they get up and they sit down they realise like really all they did all year was play one hour of football poorly and even at that during the first half there were some mighty passages of play where we went toe to toe with them we were brave but unfortunately that second you know that last 30 minutes probably probably wasn't a reflection on the team uh, as an overall for the year but it'll just tell you you know as you go through these rounds of the Leinster Championship the, the levels that you have to come up and you know and get up to but like you know we've an awful lot of players now you know 26 27 players who've actually now gotten the experience of Leinster Championship who've now you know experienced what it is to play against some of these bigger teams and you know like uh, you know that'll hopefully do us well you know in the years to come yeah, uh, Martin Murphy did his interview with us, the Port Arnold manager. Martin was actually with Tin Ryland in 2011. You might know that, Pat, because I know you're in from Oakley, but he was. And uh, he gave your team great credit. He said he was very impressed with your performance against St. Patrick's. You stayed with them for a long time today, but he puts his performance and his win down today to experience. And I think if you look back, how young your team are, these fellas in Port Arnold, three county titles, they're together quite a while. You can't beat experience. There's no substitute for experience. No, no, you can have all the skill, fitness, pace, passion in the world, and it's just a bit of cuteness, you know. like yeah. to Today, a couple of times we, we we brought the ball into contact expecting a free from the referee you know Port Arlington knew how to drag the free out of the referee and it's amazing all those little moments coming up to half time suddenly they're draining the energy away from the team kind of like what Ireland did to South Africa last <laughs> night in the in the rugby and you know they kicked on kicked on for victory and in fairness to them you know they're some class footballers uh, but like you know like still I wouldn't swap you know no disrespect to Port Arlington I wouldn't swap them for anyone in our dressing room you know we have a, a team in that dressing room that you know, everyone in Palatine can be very proud of. They're they're gentlemen, 
they're honourable, they're skillful, they're passionate about each other, they're passionate about the club. Not only do these players play for Palatine, they coach for Palatine, they're involved with the minors, 15s, 13s, 11s. You know, the players are not only driving on the, you know, the on the field uh, you know success they're driving it off the field in relation to the coaching in relation to the fundraisers you know it was a fundraiser year night in the club and you know the players raised 1600 euro for it so for the refurbishment of the facilities out there so look and you know and in fairness not only are the players great you look at the club out there you have Nicky Parrell you have you know the, the, the executive committee out there all year you know Brian O'Neill Conor Egan Tommy Fitz PJ PJ Hickson you know uh, Ray Dempsey you know too many people to name more physio Billy Bod Killian Snackbox they're all you know great nice. people and you know it, it just makes it very easier as an outsider coming in they leave you get on with the job they trust you and I'd like to think as a Kilkenny Hurling man I did okay this year Well I think you did and just before you go I just want to thank on behalf of our listeners the people of Bennett Kerry who you mentioned everybody very proud of what you've done with these lads Paddo and you were always up front win, lose or draw there was no real losses I remember the first thing you said to me no one remembers who wins the second round of the Carlow Championship they do remember who's county champions you are county champions you put up a brave performance you brought the club to their biggest uh, Pinnacle today in the Leinster Championship second round quarter final. Uh, well done on that. Commiserations on the defeat, but well done on everything you've done. And thanks for being with us in Casey Lord during the year, also. No hassle, Brendan. Just just two very quick things. First of all, thanks, Brendan, for being so nice during the year because we, we, I wouldn't be used to doing all these interviews that we're doing. I like the Mukalee lads, are all right. <laughs> uh, and, and secondly, just that there's a group of friends who've been very good to me out in Mukalee all year. They're called the 2002 group. They know who they are. It's, it's brilliant. And I suppose the final thing I should say is I hope everyone in Kilkenny who's a spare couple of hours on, on Saturday goes up and shout for the Muckley uh, Junior Ladies Footballers in the Leinster final next, next Saturday yeah, they have a big day uh, they have a big day and by God I'd have a smile on my face if they pull that off next okay. next Saturday we hope you're playing bingo with Palatine now on Thursday night as well in the Gaelic bingo I, I, I'll, I'll send my mother to it so well thanks Fred <laughs> thanks Pado good man now I'm delighted to say that I'm joined in studio by Muckley Ladies Gaelic football players Ellen Lawler, Rebecca Roach and Laura McDowell as we look ahead to their junior Leinster final against Oh The Wires of Dublin next weekend. Uh, girls, thanks very much for joining me today. Thanks for having thanks. us. Um, listen, before we chat about the final itself, uh, Ellen, I'll come to you first. Last weekend, a brilliant victory against St. Joseph's, 4-13 to 2-11 after extra time. How ecstatic were you after that victory? Sure, look, everyone was absolutely buzzing. I think at half time we were going into the dressing room thinking we weren't going to come out with a great score. We were down by nine points at half time, I think it was. So it was a tough second half. So an extra time, everyone just put in a huge effort. So it was a great turnaround for us. And Rebecca Ellen said it there that you were down. Do you think that there's just an immense character about this team, not just throughout the Leinster Championship, but also throughout the County Championship as well? Of course, you defeated Railyard in the final. Yeah, I think everyone, like, no matter what, we'll stay going until, like, the very last whistle. Like, there's never say die or whatever they say, but, like, we always keep going until the very last minute. So it's, it's a, like, it just shows how good everyone is on the team and how well we click. And Laura, Rebecca said there that you click really well. Is there a great sort of sense of unity about this team, do you think? Yeah, I think, of course, there is. I think that's so important in any team to have that kind of unity throughout like and I know Aideen said it last Saturday that everyone plays football and camogie together so I suppose we're through thick and thin together Is that really important Ellen that there's a sort of 
sense of spirit within the team that you play camogie together you play ladies football together obviously and that even the underage setup with the club it's so good at the moment and there seems to be a sort of a great willingness amongst the whole parish obviously being a, a muckley club man myself there seems to be just a great egging on from, from everyone within the community I think because we spend so much of the year together and I'd say four nights out of the week during the summer we're all together so if we didn't have a bond after that when would you have a bond do you know what I mean so it's it comes from the management and it comes from the players everybody's showing up to everything and everyone has each other's backs in Muckley. like that's just kind of the underlining of the club I suppose you could say Has it been really enjoyable this year Rebecca this year oh. particularly compared to the last couple of years I suppose Yeah no I've loved every single minute of it like last last weekend like I was brought to tears I was so happy like I was couldn't stop crying Laura even seen me I was bawling like for a good <laughs> 10 minutes after the match and all I could think of was just how much I love every single person on the team Does it mean that much to you Laura that there's just it's not almost the result as such but as Rebecca says there's such a sense of belonging within the team that when you do get a result and do it together that's the kind of key to the whole thing Yeah I was the same as Becky I was actually brought to tears after the match last weekend as well it was I was just so proud of every single girl that was on the pitch and everyone on the sideline as well for getting to where we are now Yeah I was crying myself when I heard the result I must say very <laughs> proud uh, Mokalee man but uh, Rebecca just to go back to you the actual game itself, were you happy with your performance? I know obviously it was a brilliant result, but there were times maybe where St. Joseph's were more dominant than you were and you had to come back into the game and what have you. Are there things that you need to improve on when you look at it kind of objectively and coldly? I think maybe first half we kind of, we always slow off the mark, like we're a bit slow to start off and get into the swing of it, but slowly but surely we kind of got our foot in and kind of got hold on the game but yeah it takes us a little while to warm up and get into it suss out the other players suss out the opposition <laughs> but yeah we got there in the end anyway but yeah it's just like as I said like we just keep going no matter how long the match lasts where we're there to the very end so Is that something you've spoken about as a team Ellen maybe the fact that you know you've won all your games you had an incredibly successful season both in the county and provincially but that even if you could start a bit faster you'd be a lot more difficult to beat again even though you have as I said maintained an unbeaten record to date Yeah I think it's just a belief I think we have in the back of our heads maybe because we're a Kilkenny team we won't be as strong against say coming against West Me teams or Dublin teams they're like football strongholds and we're coming in from Kilkenny that's a predominantly Hurling County so I think it's just us sussing out the players and not having the belief but I think next weekend if we want to win we need to start from the get go and start really strong do you use that to your advantage, Laura, the fact that maybe there is that sense? We've spoken to people from Mullinavat who are obviously involved um, in the Leinster, Championships, Leinster Championship as well on the men's side of things. And there is that sense from teams outside of Kilkenny, whether we like it or not, that maybe there's a slight bit of disrespect for Kilkenny clubs. Do you speak about that as a motivational factor before games? Do you use it to kind of, you know, almost say, look, we're here now and we want to show you how good we are? And you obviously have done so, so far this year. Yeah, I suppose like it's something to take into consideration as well. And we do say it that definitely people do put us on the back foot just because we're from Kilkenny. So I suppose when we go out and start playing football, we show them what we're able to do. And I think that's really important as well, I suppose. It gives us a, a bit of an advantage. Also, Rebecca, in that sense, do you kind of, does it relieve the pressure a bit that there's almost no pressure on you at all? That almost a Kilkenny team beating whoever it may be, a Dublin team next week, fingers crossed, or whoever it is, Kildare, whatever club from, or whatever county, the whatever club the county is from, I should say, that when you beat them, there's such a shock element to it that you can almost use that to your advantage. Yeah, we always say like every match that we get to, it's an added bonus. So every time we go out, we're just playing to play. We play to enjoy the game. It's not 
we don't put pressure on ourselves as such. Like we, we play well as a team when we're enjoying it. So there's no point putting excessive pressure on ourselves because at the end of the day, if you don't enjoy playing the game, what's the point in playing? Yeah, it's very true, I must say. Um, Ellen, I suppose your aim at the start of the year, this is an interesting one that we've been speaking about with a lot of teams that have won county championships recently, whether it be Hurling, Camogie, ladies football or Gaelic football itself. Every team's aim at the start of the year on the club side of things is to win the county championship. When you go into Leinster, does your psyche change at all? Is it kind of a feeling that we've almost achieved our goal and anything extra is brilliant but not maybe necessary? Or do you just kind of stay going along the same track that you did before you won the county championship? I think last year when we got Leinster championship, when we got beaten in the was it the quarterfinal, it was just such a... Like, we were so happy to even get there last year. But the heartache of that, we didn't think we would care that much. So then coming back to it this year, I think there's extra mo- motivation to push on and actually get forward. I think there is an ending in sight for us this year. Like We are looking at the end of the tunnel. Last year we weren't. We weren't really focused on the winning. But this year I think there's more hunger for it than any other year. And has that been a real driving factor, Laura, that defeat last year in the Leinster quarterfinal? Yeah, I suppose. Like I think everyone like last year was so heartbroken and so devastated when we lost. And I suppose it kind of opened everyone's eyes to show how much everyone actually did care. And I think people thought they didn't care as much because it was Leinster and it was an extra bonus. But... I think definitely it has motivated us this year to push on and stay going as long as we can. And the three, you're all quite young, younger than me, and I consider myself quite young still. So (laughs) the two captains that we've spoken to here on Scoreline, Kelly Comfort and Adele Coonan, how important are they, Rebecca, in terms of setting standards, experience? Of course, Adele was involved in the Kilkenny Senior Camogie setup, still is, if I'm not mistaken. How important are they to kind of really set the standards for the younger players like yourselves? Oh, Kelly and Adele are like they're super. You couldn't ask for a better pair to be captains of the team. Like they're so encouraging. Like you could kick the ball a mile wide, and they're still like, "Well done, try again the next time." So like, like they're so inspirational for the younger girls looking up. I think as well. Like and even for ourselves, like we're not too far behind them, but we're they still inspire every single one of us every single day they go out and play. And how important is that in terms of confidence levels for people like yourselves? Because I suppose you would look up to um, Adele and Kelly and more experienced players like Katie Nolan who got a key goal last weekend as well, that they're kind of right behind you and supportive of you, whether you make a mistake or not, like you say. Um, I just think like it's important, like regardless of age, I think everyone deserves to be encouraged and motivated from whoever and anyone on the sideline. And especially when you hear it from your teammates, I think it's so much better because you're all in the same boat like everyone's playing the same game and sometimes people on the pitch can see the match through a better lens than the people on the sideline so again Kelly and Adele are just superstars in my opinion certainly are and just looking at the club itself Ellen at the moment I mean it just seems to be going from strength to strength as we said brilliant success last year winning the senior county title in Kilkenny maybe not transferred on to, onto the provincial scene because you did lose that Leinster quarter final but this year you've taken it that extra step do you just feel as though there's a real sort of push now behind everyone involved with the club to try and you know create history of your own yeah I just feel like every time we go out there's more support and there's more people getting excited for us and getting behind us like the county final this year it was packed like the sideline was full of Muckley people and the most the young people that's the main thing the young girls coming to watch us play like they look up to us which is just unreal like watching them like see us win and just push behind us it's just great to see it in the club and Laura um, 
the game next weekend now against Oda Wires, I know they'll be obviously very tricky opponents at Dublin side. Um, how do you prepare for a Leinster game compared to maybe a county game? Because, you know, you played Real Laird in the final. There's countless other clubs that you'd be very familiar with, I suppose, playing them year in, year out. But when you go into Leinster, you're not as familiar with the opposition at all. As a, at all. Um, do you prepare for the opposition or how do you look at a Leinster game? Is it any different to how you look at a county championship game? No, I suppose for us, like we kind of do the same thing it doesn't really matter who our opposition is we don't really do anything different like we all try and eat well and do our own bit at home as well and we all try and go to training as many times a week as we can and just train hard and keep going Is that the key Rebecca that there's a real sort of you know Laura said it there your nutrition and your fitness levels and whatever it may be is that crucial that you're kind of all in it together going to train together and that's not sort of a you know we've seen it with other teams throughout the years and maybe even our own club without getting too personal about it that (laughs) it can get a bit messy whether it be on the men's side of things on the women's side of things that you know people don't turn up training what have you but that there's a real sort of sense of purpose about this team. Yeah, I feel like everyone on the team is always at training. There's always a valid excuse given if nobody, if someone's not at training. There's always an excuse given, be it injury or college or something like that, because we're all busy. So, but those people will make up for it themselves. They'll do their own little bit at home, and they'll be keeping up their own like nutrition and water intake and everything. So I think everyone's doing it for each other. Like you're doing it for the person beside you. So when that kind of sense of unity is there, you're kind of you feel a responsibility to do it for your teammates and your managers and everyone that's involved. And Ellen. How much are you looking forward to it now? I suppose, you know, there's a lot of talk and there's preparation and you have to take it very seriously. But you're in a position that, you know, every other team would crave to be in in a Leinster final. Do you get to look forward to it? Is there a bit of kind of stress or pressure ahead of a game of this magnitude? Or how do you approach a game like that? I think there's obviously a sense of you're nervous or whatever, but it actually feels like Christmas. It's so exciting. Like any sports person, this is where you want to be. Like you train all year, you train so hard and some people never get to experience it. So I think if you weren't excited in some way there'd be something wrong with you but obviously nerves are a huge thing as well but the excitement in the club is just outrageous at the moment Would you echo that Laura? Are you excited? Oh I can't wait yeah. I'm buzzing for next Saturday. <laughs> Same here. Rebecca, you looking forward <laughs> yeah. to it now, yeah? <laughs> legs are starting to go jumpy and everything. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Yeah. I think my legs will be going jumpy I think, <laughs> if, I, if I hear that you've won the game. Or, but um, listen, ladies, the fingers crossed and the very best of luck to you. You've done the club very proud so far. And we wish you nothing but the best of luck in next weekend's final against all the Warriors. Now I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Aoife Kelly. Aoife just very recently of course won the Women's National League title with Shelburne eventually eking out Wexford Utes to claim the title yet again. Noel Kingside with another brilliant brilliant victory there. Of course she'd represented Ireland at under 15, 16 and under 17 level as well and is certainly a star and a name to watch out for the future. Aoife how are you doing today? I'm very good thank you. Um, Aoife, just to reflect on that victory with Shelburne, I mean, as I said, it was just another brilliant season for you. Um, how have the celebrations been like, first of all? I'm sure everyone is absolutely delighted. It's actually been great fun. Um, we won at the weekend 4-0, and then we went back up to Dublin and celebrated a bit, and now we've just been preparing for the cup final tomorrow. Yeah, and you did, you, as you mentioned, you bet Wexford Utes and what was a title decider. If they had won, I think they would have claimed the crown as well. To defeat them 4-0, um, how special was that? I suppose winning any league is incredibly unique and a brilliant achievement, but to beat your biggest rivals to it as well must have made it that extra bit sweeter. 
Yeah, it was great. The girls were really good. Wexford are like a really, really good side. Um, so yeah, it was actually a great result. So yeah. And just looking back on the whole season as a whole, Aoife, um, for the team, to win the league again, I mean, it's a really special bunch of players that you have at Shelburne, isn't it? Yeah, the girls are brilliant. Um, I only joined at the start of the year, so I wasn't a part of it last year, but it was great what happened last year just for the league, for neutrals in general. And then this year as well, we were a few points ahead at one stage, but then we had a bit of a blip. And then, yeah, in the end, we got to win it. But it was a great season overall. And of course, that season will be topped off hopefully with an FAI Cup victory. You're playing Athlone Town, I believe it is, in the final. Runners-up last year, I'd say there's great excitement amongst the squad again to go on and maybe try and take it one step further and secure the double. Yeah, 100%. The girls are really looking forward to it, me included. Um, I hope we put on a good performance and I hope it's a good day out. So yeah, hopefully it goes our way. Yeah, fingers crossed, we'll certainly will be all rooting for you um, down here at Casey Law and everyone in Kilkenny and Carlow will, of course, as well. Just for yourself, Eve. I suppose we're talking a lot about Shelburne there, but how much are you enjoying your football at the moment? I mean, you're still such a young age. I think it's fifth year in, in secondary school, which is incredible, all the feats and achievements that you've already done at such a tender age. How are you enjoying your football? Thank you. Um, I'm loving it so far. Like It's just great fun going to train every week and just being making new friends and everything. Like It's just so much fun, and it's a little hobby to get away from everything, and it's just it's so much fun, and I just enjoy it so much is that the way that you see it Eva? because I suppose from the outside looking in I mean some of the things you've done it would be a dream for someone like myself and countless other people listening in that you know aspire to play at a really high level and you've played at underage level for Ireland you're winning leagues with Shelburne in cup preparing for cup finals but do you see it as something a bit on the side a kind of a hobby and that maybe I don't know what maybe comes first for you your studies or whatever or how do, how do you view football um, I try and balance both. Like it's been a bit difficult over the past month or so because I was in Portugal with the seventeens and then we had UEFA qualifiers and in that was the shells, train with shells and matches and stuff and then also school. So I've missed a bit of school. But I tried to balance it as best I could because I'd like to do good in both. Um but yeah, I just really enjoy it and like I try to take it as everything as serious as I can. So yeah, I'm trying my best at them all. <laughs> Well, it's a real breath of fresh air to, to hear that you enjoy it because we obviously, myself and, and Shane O'Keefe, the, the presenter here at Scoreline, are constantly interviewing sports people and while they take it really seriously, sometimes you feel as though they take it too seriously and maybe aren't enjoying it, but you seem to really have that sort of purity for the sport and that you absolutely love it at the moment. Yeah, I love it. I was, I've been involved since such a young age. Um, so yeah, and my parents have always been like involved in sports and stuff. So they've been like great inspirations to me and I don't know I just I'm still so young so I'm just trying to enjoy everything but yeah it's going good so far yeah, it's absolutely brilliant to hear. And you mentioned there that you started at such a young age. Of course, you were with St. Patrick's Boys, the Great Cullen um, Football Club there. How much did you enjoy your time with St. Pat's? Uh, I loved it. I made so many like amazing friends. Um, my mum and my dad were both the coaches. My dad was the manager. And I learned so much from him. And we were an all-girls team in the boys' league in Carlo, which was like great to learn. And I played with some of the boys as well so I learned so much there and like it's like I just grew up there so I was also involved with two other clubs beforehand um, St. Joseph's in Tin Ryland and Burn Celtic in Ballin but yeah I, it was great in St. Pat's I really enjoyed it and I made so many new friends 
And what was it like playing in the boys' league, Aoife? Is that something that you think has kind of healthy as you've gotten older? It's not, it's not something that we're used to hearing about or reading about. Yeah, um, it was great. We were an all-girls team in a boys' league. And at the start, it, it was a bit difficult. But we got like a few wins and like draws and we were challenging, like not, not as high as like the other teams. But we were doing our best and we actually did quite good. Like we had a good team. And yeah, I think it's great to play with boys when you can. So it it teaches you a lot as well. And obviously you said there, as you mentioned, you were coached by your dad. What sort of an experience was that? I think a lot of people can relate to it across whatever sport it may be that is currently tuning in. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a great coach. He's been involved in women's football in Ireland for quite a while, so he knows what he's talking about. But yeah, he's been really good and he just says little things and just coaching and it's just it's been really beneficial to me. Yeah, that's great to hear. And just just looking on the whole, Aoife, I suppose you're probably playing football at, at a time when the women's game in this country in particular, but really worldwide, has never kind of reached as many people's, whether it be sitting rooms, whether they're going to the stadiums, as we've seen for the Euros final between England and Germany in the summer. I mean, a completely full house at Wembley Stadium. It, it was a sight to behold. Do you feel as though interest in women's football currently in the country having qualified for the World Cup obviously next year and also just you know around the globe is has really reached a peak yeah it's it's been excellent the girls qualifying for the World Cup the seniors next summer is just it's amazing and so many people are like getting involved now and little girls and stuff are getting involved too so it's just great to see and I'm very grateful for that as well have you noticed that, that a lot younger girls maybe are starting to play at a younger age than ever before and that, you know, it's something that has just really taken over almost. It's familiar to maybe what people would have been, would have seen in Italia 90 when Ireland qualified for the World Cup first that, <laughs> you know, qualifying for this World Cup, it's been such a such a brilliant moment for the whole country and it could really have knock-on benefits for, for the sport in the country. Yeah, it's been great. I think in St. Pat's, our team was the first girls team. But now they we have a girls league in Carlo, which is really good because lots of girls can get involved in that. And I think more people are picking it up and stuff. And it's it's been really good. I hope it keeps on going this direction. And, I mean, it's incredible to speak to someone so well-spoken and that's achieved so much at, at such a young age, as I said. But you are so young and you have to concentrate on your own football but there's almost there's a lot of eyes on you particularly here in the locality but even further and further afield do you feel like you have to take on almost uh, that sort of presence as a role model for those younger girls because people like yourself and Ella Malai who obviously is unfortunately injured at the moment but within their own locality they're they're people that they look up to and aspire to be do you feel almost not that weight of pressure but um, that it's a great sort of sort of feeling to have for yourself um I don't know like it's a privilege but I don't know I don't really think about it like that I just try and enjoy my football and I hope that everyone else is enjoying their football but yeah it's been really good and is there anyone that you looked up to when you were playing EFA on the women's side of things or do you think it's changed now where young girls can look up to more kind of senior women whereas maybe when you were growing up it was more on the men's side of things or um yeah I don't know like a bit of a mixture like I think now people are looking up to the likes of Kay McCabe and people like that and even younger people that like I'd know that are on the senior team and it's just it's really good to see that um I didn't particularly have anyone I looked up to I don't know why but (laughs) that was just me but yeah 
Yeah, well, there, I'm sure there'll be a lot of um, young girls and boys looking up to you very, very shortly, if they're not already. But you're also involved with the Ireland underage setup, as I said, under 15, 16 and under 17, capped at all those grades. Um, again, another astonishing achievement. I'm, I'm just kind of baffled by the amount of things you've, you've done already, but how special was that to play for your country? Um, thank you. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Like, I've just made so many new friends and just getting to play, getting to put on the green jersey and it's just been great. And yeah, it's just so many new experiences and I learn each thing from each camp and each coach. So yeah, it's been excellent. And what does the future hold for you now, Aoife? What are your long-term ambitions? I suppose both eyes now are on that FAI Cup final, but... Do you look further beyond that again to maybe your own personal um, goals? Um, well, I'm focused on tomorrow right now, but I don't know, just to keep enjoying it and just to keep fit and keep playing. That's really my goals right now. I haven't really thought too far into the future. <laughs> yeah, certainly I, I can understand that. But And then just looking away from the, the soccer field for a moment, obviously you are studying, you're in fifth year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Have you found that since you've gone into the leave and start cycle, I suppose, that it is tougher to balance sport and kind of your education, your academic side of things? How have you found that balance? We speak to boys and girls constantly about that and, and they say it is a, a tough challenge. Um, I think it is. It has been a bit difficult the last month, but I think it's also beneficial because with sports, like you learn how to be disciplined and stuff. And like it keeps you not always stuck anywhere like you're you're moving and stuff so I think that's beneficial to the study part study side of stuff as well um but yeah it's going good so far um we're on midterm this week so I got a bit of a break altogether but yeah um it's a bit difficult to balance but I just I guess I just try and have to do my best in it well, you're certainly doing very, very well at the moment with everything that you put your um, put your mind to. And we wish you nothing but the best of luck for the FAI Cup final. Of course, that takes place um, on Sunday, Shelburne taking on Athlone Town. And congratulations once again on claiming the winning Women's National League title and the very best of luck for everything in the future, Aoife. And thanks for speaking to me today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Tulla was going there for a few years. And they had trouble they, with their premises during, they had the, trouble, the, yeah. during the pandemic, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it sort of fell through. We've, I think we've brought in maybe two or three of their their boxers over to us, but at the moment, like we're the only we're the only boxing club in the whole of Carlo. Uh, I know we we've um, since two thousand and seventeen. Uh, that's when we that's when we got up and going on on uh, in in two thousand and seventeen. So, so it's a it's a quite a new club. Are you finding that the appetite for for boxing, particularly at the youth level, is there in Carlo? Oh, it's very much there. Um, at the moment, we have between thirty five to maybe thirty nine boxers every night. It's oh, well, uh, every night. Uh, yeah, well, great, sorry, yeah. no Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, yeah, yeah. and like you're you're in the club Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, but you could be sparring on a Wednesday. Um, you could be. We were actually we were in the stadium last night. We had um, we had Luke Walsh uh, boxing in um, All Ireland Senior Final. Uh, fairly unlucky, 
Look, we'll, we'll go again with him. He's not too far off the mark. Still, fighting yeah. in the national stadium as well, that gives you huge experience. We've talked about the experience, say, of Clonmore playing in Netwatch Cullen Park and having yeah. a home advantage there earlier on against Straff and Palatine, having it again tomorrow. But having yeah. that advantage of being in such a big stadium, in such an illustrious... It's the national stadium, but it's the national boxing arena, as we oh. all know, where Bernard Dunn and all has fought. Like that's, That is definitely going to stand to him. Oh, definitely. And, like, and um, just... just um, talking on senior boxers, his sister, Gemma, Gemma Walsh, boxed two weeks ago in a, a semi-final, and was very unlucky now to to lose. She, but she she lost to a good girl, Winnie McDonough, the European champion, has four or five Irish titles. He actually she won she won the Irish again last night, so she's um she's top of the crop. Like and Gemma are, is so close to her. I'd be thinking now the next time that they meet. Like I I I'd say that Gemma Gemma will be going all out to catch her because she knows that she's getting fairly close to her. So it's fantastic. Like we have in the club, like senior boxers, we probably only have two. We have a good a good selection then from say fifteen to eighteen, and then we have underage uh, from eleven up. But then we have uh, um, we have the underage. Uh, from age 11 or age 8 to 11 that's run on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday from 6 to 7 um, with our coaches on that one would be is Ken Dermody and his two daughters Nadine and Casey and Agnes Mez is uh, the other coach so they're running the underage from Six to seven, and then trying the to get that appetite going. Yeah, we want to like we want to we'll start them young, and we'll bring them up as soon as they hit eleven. They're able to get a they're introduced with their boxing book. Then, then they can fight proper competition from eleven. Okay. So we we have them grassroots coming right through, um. But look at none of this could uh, couldn't be done with the amount of coaches that we need and that we have at the moment. We have we have a great crew of uh, um, coaches like we have 11 including ourselves and I'll just name out like I have uh, I have Paddy Calder sitting here sitting here beside us he came on board a couple of months ago um, doing great stuff with us up there and uh, we have John O'Shea who's been there with us a lifetime uh, James Keeley has been one of our uh, one of our main coaches um, um, Agnes Mez um, Ollie Tui is another chap uh, next boxer that's um, after coming to us in the last two, three months as well, bringing a little bit different stuff to the table for us as well. Um, like I said, Ken Dermony is is the sort of head coach with the with the underage. But we never, we never. If someone comes in our club and say who's the head coach, we never have a head coach. We're all on the on the same level. We all box. I know. Look at um, myself and. James Keeley done the corner last uh, last night, last week. Andy Larkin was with me to do the corner, um, so look at it. There's no big egos down there that we're we're um, we're, we're shouting out that we're the main man or or yeah, yeah, yeah. second in place. We're all on the one him she and Paddy he said um, that you you yourself have uh, just kind of come on as a coach over the last few months. Is there? You've named out quite a few coaches there. Is there an ethos within the club in terms of boxing styles? Or are you all able to kind of bring your own different style to to the ring? Yeah, I think Shane. 
each of us have our own little bit to offer like um, yeah. you know if you've had a few fights there and experience like obviously you can gain and give a few pointers there to the young lads and the young ones coming up um, then you've other coaches there that are more more used to the exercises side and you know the stretching and warming up and like, we all individually have, have different uh, contributions to make like so without without the team like uh, with the team we have it's just excellent Mick isn't it like oh, sure. it's yeah. like Mick said there's no <coughs> cost we all do the same thing and we're all value the same so yeah we've seen Pat Ryan kind of translate his boxing yeah. into Ratville football, football yeah. as well you know what I mean and he was always yeah. talking about that and a huge boxing man and they are yeah. transferable skills oh, especially yeah. when it comes to cardiovascular fitness yeah. oh, 100% yeah like I've been involved with football teams with Kilbride there we won a championship four years ago and we spent three nights a week strength and conditioning for say the first six weeks like and it really stood to us you know really we won the championship that year and we we were very unlucky the next couple of years we got the quarter finals semi-finals um you know so like you say the the boxing aspect bringing it into the football yeah you know Really helps. It really helps, yeah. And just looking, we were we were chatting off air about Katie Taylor. We all want that Amanda Serrano fight, possibly in Crow Park. It's yeah. been touted, but when you look over the past, how successful Ireland have been since say uh, the Casey Taylor. You have Kelly Harrington, you have Amy Broadhurst, uh, you have Aoife O'Rourke coming yeah. through. Are you noticing that now in the gym that more younger girls want to get involved? Well, we're we had a lot of girls before the pandemic. Yeah. We had we could have had maybe fourteen girls, fifteen girls, and at the moment I think we have we have four girls. I think we have only four girls. It would be a it would be a, a thing that we would like to you know to mention it here that if we could get more girls involved with this as well, you know. And it's a, look we have our boxing club going and there's going we have maybe five or six lads up there that will never want to box but they love the fitness side of it Yeah. so we don't like we'll take everybody in if they want to come in and do their training that's that's fair enough and like we've had down through the years young lads coming up and they, they were probably a little bit shy at the very start we had one good lad up there um, he's gone since he, he never wanted to box but within two years coming every night every night he turned out to be a, a very good little boxer. Yeah. Very good little boxer. It's a confidence builder as a well. Confidence builder is, is yeah. Uh, when, when you're mentioning the, the drop-off rate of uh, of girls since the pandemic, we chat to Sport Ireland Executive Officer Dr. Rune Ramey in yeah. regards to that. And it, it's about trying to find a resolution for that, why there is a dropout rate at a certain age or, or something like that. And we were very concerned about the pandemic having that yeah. kind of uh, negative effect on participation numbers. Um, something else that we were chatting about off-air is has a bit of a neg- might have a knock-on negative effect on participation numbers is the cost of a medical for some of your uh, boxers yeah um, that was a a fairly big point uh, going down for through the last few months um, some of the the parents are, are finding it fairly difficult to um, find it very difficult to financially to support to financially the, yeah. because we'd have We'd have uh, maybe we have three families. We have one family of five, so they can't just come in and pick maybe two of their kids. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put them through the medical to let them box. So therefore, there's five of them kids that's not gonna get a chance to box because of 
because the of the price, the price of point. The, yeah, for the price. And is this around Ireland now, or is this? Is no, it Leinster? Is it the IAB or that get to the ABA? The no. ABI that get to kind of. No, well, the IAB wouldn't have anything much to do with that. Okay, it's just on the. It's it's. It's at a local level. On, yeah, it's it's on the doctor's head. Whatever he wants to charge. So just at the moment, like in Carlo, we're finding it very hard. Um, to get there's there's nobody out there that's going to do it for any less than a certain whatever, price. Yeah, a certain yeah. point price. But we do know, like in there is surrounding counties, that is fairly reasonable, fairly reasonable priced. You know, I remember like four year ago, we we had the same um, same thing in Carlow. We couldn't, we we there was a lot of of the the kids couldn't afford it, but we got to a um, to a doctor in Wexford. We brought down I think eleven kids. And he done it very reasonable. He done, brought them all in on on a Saturday, eleven or twelve kids, done them all, and um, x amount for each kid, and it was well doable. Um, but at the moment, like, um, like even, even with us, we haven't, we haven't got the funds even to help that. Yeah. Because we're not saying that we're. We're. I'm not, not going to say that we're well, struggling. You're, you're you're a new club that's always looking yeah. for sponsorship. Uh, I. I my own yeah. soccer team always looking for sponsorship yeah. as well. Uh, we have to uh, uh, go to a quick ad break and then go back to our coverage of the, the GEA. Do you have any events coming up that may be able to help with your sponsorship that you're looking to promote? Um, well, uh, I tell you, I just want to mention uh, Terry Kane from uh, the Gala on, on the Bourne Road. He never lets us down. He has he has a box on the counter for us 24-7 and it's a great little in- income uh, you know, every couple of months we go down and get it and we have a few quid on that to help go through the um you know, for the the funds of the club. And I have Shay Dory here as well. Shay Dory has given us a dig out any time that we're after after going to him as well. And just before we go, like I just I don't want to leave anyone out on the coaching thing. Like Andy Larkin has is doing very good. Me my own daughter, Ashlyn Bourne, she does the door uh, she does pads with the kids and uh, she's uh, a brilliant help there because only for her on the door there's not really too many of us she knows she she's collecting the money she's collecting you know and sometimes kids will come to our door and they haven't got that's no problem we'll let them in uh, like we're, we're not just stand, we're standing there with our hand out looking for money it's we're, we're just trying to get the kids off the street get them into the boxing and try and uh, um, go forward from there and like we have Nadine Dermody, Casey Dermody, uh, their Ken's two daughters have been ex Ireland Irish champions as well. Hopefully we're gonna get them back into the ring as well. Uh uh Ollie Tuhi is a new chap in. Uh James Cayley is one of the men that's there from the start with me, and as was Ken. But we have a great and Shay Dorley is or John O'Shea is a, a top man as well. So we have like J- uh, and Paddy said there earlier on that we all have our own little thing to bring to the club on any given night, and we can change it around. We're always swapping, changing. We have like we have Marble City all often come down for sparring. Uh, we'll travel down. We 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 do a lot of traveling down around Wexford, maybe up around Kildare. So it's it's all go like we're we're. we're we talk about a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. It's not a Monday, Tuesday. It's nearly the whole week round. 
Well, it's been an absolute pleasure again to speak yeah. to you, Mick and Paddy. Thanks very yeah. much. Hopefully, you'll keep us updated on Thanks everything very happening much, Shane. in uh, the Raging Bulls Boxing Club. We're going to yeah. take a quick ad break. Yeah. Lots more still to come. What a magnificent night of action it was last night in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium. And we had three very, very special guests in Kilkenny track last night with Hewick, the winner of the American Grand National, just back from his exploits in the USA, paraded in front of the stands with his trainer, John Shark Hanlon. And it was a first for Kilkenny track having a horse paraded in the track. What an amazing achievement it was by Hewick, of course, trained locally by the Shark. And of course, his brother has also been in the winner's enclosure in recent times with Born Warrior, who was also paraded. He won the Irish Greyhound Derby this year. And we also had Rahamofo, who was paraded last night. So Hewick, the winner of the American Grand National, Rahamofo, and Born Warrior, the Derby winner. And we had a tremendous crowd in Kilkenny track last night to see these superstars up close and personal right in front of the stands and there was great excitement wonderful wonderful to see and a great night of action in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium last night we had two tremendous competitions with the Burgess Kennels Novice Unraced competition going to post that was the first round of that last night and we also had the 12,000 euro Deadly Kennels A2 competitions and we saw some cracking action across those three heats of that competition 12,000 euro prize meaning absolutely phenomenal and of course, with thanks to sponsor Gary Hannon and his Deadly Kennels. So, let's take you through the first competition, which was on last night in Kilkenny Track. The Burgess Kennels Novice Round 1, Heat 1, was won by Stories Law in a time of 29-11 for Gavin O'Mahey, Peter McMunn and trainer Mert Lahey. Very nice performance indeed, 5-4 to four the price here and led from Trap Rise. Tommy Hewick won the second race in a time of 29-20. For the horse that bought the dog syndicate. What a name. I'm sure there's some interesting characters in that syndicate. 29.20 o'clock at a price of 2 to 1 on. He was well fancied last night. The third heat was won by Bromore Cliffs in a time of 28.95 at a price of 3 to 1 on. The bookies took a bit of a battering earlier on in the race card last night. Owned by Gavin Johns and trained by the ever showed Carol Ramsbottom. The fourth heat was won by Mingler's Green. The time of 29.38 here for James and Eddie Moore owning and training Mingler's Green. Nice performance, winning by two and a half lengths to Blackstone Bobby. And the fifth heat was won by Pookie's Arthur in the time of 29.06 at a price of 4 to 1, beating the 2 to 5 shot, Deadly Kygo. The winner was owned and trained by the Thomas and David Weedick syndicate. So well done to the Weedick family with Pookie's Arthur in the 50s. The Deadly Kennels A2 competition, as we said, 12,000 euro prize money for this one. Absolutely phenomenal. Fantastic to see. The second round went to post last night. The first heat was won by Check for Sir. Even money, the price here, 28.79 o'clock for the Cashback Syndicate and trainer Carl Ramsbottom out a number of winners last night. The second heat was won by Warzone Milo at a time of 28.97 for the Pudding Lane Syndicate. And Mert Lahey, who was on the score sheet as well last night. And Priceless Opera won the third heat in a time of 28.70 for Brian and Kathleen Murphy and trainer Paul Hennessy. He won in 28.61 last week and a very nice performance indeed. So he emerged through to the semi-finals next Friday night of the Deadly Kennels A2 competition. And we also have the quarterfinals of the Burgess Kennels. Novice unraced competition. And of course, next Friday night, we will have the Agrossi Clacela where there's free admission for all and a tremendous card to support that one. 
the Igrosiacht Lekela initiative is to remember all our loved ones in the ground racing game who we have lost over the recent times. And it's a wonderful night to remember their memory and legacy. So free admission for all next Friday night in Kilkenny Track where we have the 12,000 euro Deadly Kennels A2 semi-finals and also the quarterfinals of the Burgess Kennels Unrace. Some really nice pups there and some fantastic pups always come out of Kilkenny Track year in, year out. Last week, of course, we had the St. Lockton's GAA fundraiser. Tremendous night. Wonderful to see all these fundraisers happening in Kilkenny Track. It's a wonderful idea. If you need to raise money for a club or an organisation or a charity, get in touch with Kilkenny Track and manager Tom Kinnan is more than happy to support you and make money for your charity. So well done to all involved in Kilkenny Track last night. And it was wonderful to see Hewick, the American Grand National winner, paraded on a local track. Phenomenal event last night. Great to see. And also Born Warrior, the Derby winner. And the Oaks here are Raha Mo Fosa. Well done to all involved in Kilkenny Track last night. Elsewhere, in Cork tonight, we have the final of the 2022 Irish Greyhound Laurels. A prize fund of €63,000 here and €30,000 to the winner. And local interest in the final here in the form of Good Cody for the Kennedy family, whose father John comes from Erlingford. The trainer of Good Cody is Patrick Ilfoyle, a man no stranger to classic success. Good Cody has a massive chance in this year's Laurels final. Elsewhere, up in Shelburne Park, we have the RPG TV Puppy Oaks final. Cracking event here, €5,000 to the winner. Up the style will probably go to post the favourite here for Alan and Pat Dobbs. Of course, Pat Dobbs, a name you may have heard before, a very successful jockey based out in the UAE for the winter. Trained by Robert Gleeson. He won last, she won last week, should I say, in 28-23. Phenomenal performance, showing fantastic early pace. So we're looking forward to the Puppy Oaks final tonight. So best of luck to all involved there. Best of luck to all involved in the 2022 Irish Greyhound Laurels final in Cork tonight. As we said, €30,000. And next Friday night, we have the Grossi Clacaela. Free admission for all in Kilkenny Track. With the semi-finals of the Deadly Kennels competition and the quarter-finals of the Burgess Kennels Novice Unrace. So best of luck to all involved. And we are looking forward to a cracking night's card in Kilkenny next Friday night. Jones, Davy, how are you doing, sir? Hi, Shane. I'm good now, and you? I'm very good. I'm very good, Davy. We regularly talk all things fitness, but something uh, came up during the week that I particularly wanted to discuss with you, and we were kind of discussing it a bit today. Um, I had a message from somebody that was kind of asking about the journey and that kind of thing, and they were in their 50s. Uh, they were quite uh, down on themselves with a particular ailment that they're suffering from and due to the weight that they're gaining from that. Now, the ailment that uh, allowed me to stay was uh, arthritis, and she was asking about how being involved in the gym atmosphere can, can, can help, and it's all about getting moving, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get moving, not not to be seizing up, and obviously then getting advice and like we're we we're talking about saying getting advice on nutrition. And um, I was I was mentioning to you about getting um, a nutrition plan done up that would be low on high inflammatory foods for someone with arthritis, and make sure that the food they're eating is not inflaming all their joints and, and making things a lot worse. And obviously uh, going into a calorie deficit then to drop down drop down some body weight and uh, have the pressure taken off to take a bit of pressure off the joints. And when you mention inflammatory foods, what kind of foods are you re- talking about? Like sugar is number one. High, anything high, high carb is bread and pasta and all these kind of things. 
release a lot of inflammatories in our body. Um, to and someone was with arthritis, then like you know, there's a, or, already a lot of inflammation in the joints, so we don't want to make it any worse. And uh, that, and obviously, excess body weight will make make it worse again. So it's kind of a double whammy of eating too much food; it'll, it'll drive up the drive up your inflammatory responses, and also uh, drive up your body weight, and then it's going to make things hell of a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of. When when you're eating that kind of stuff, you, you you start kind of maybe going a bit further into uh, feeling not very nice about yourself, and then thinking that you're not able to do the things that would be required in a gym. And people have a perspective of of a gym as uh, as particularly your one because you compete in strongman. Um, that is just for weightlifters, and it's it's for people that are are very kind of serious or want to compete in an elite type of uh, sport, which is powerlifting or bodybuilding or anything like that. But it doesn't seem to be that way judging by my experience over there all different shapes and sizes yeah exactly the majority of um, our client and membership base will be uh, female uh, females in, in their kind of 30 to 50 range who, who want to lose weight and um, that's what we, we cater for most uh, majority of the time and there is a few people who are competing in different sports um Seth doing the strongman, a few few women doing um, figure modeling like bodybuilding, if that makes sense. And then with marathon runners, um, any sort of, a lot of people doing uh, long endurance cycling and stuff like that. And yeah, so all walks of life, which is I find interesting. It's not just a normal gym. And how do people then go about making that first move? Because there is a hesitancy of people about going to the gym. Uh, they could be self-conscious about themselves, so they don't go to the gym, but they might be self-conscious about themselves because they don't uh, go to the gym or get up and be active and get up and be moving. Uh, how how do people kind of approach that and get over that initial fear? Yeah, well, I suppose it's just you have to kind of get up and go yourself. And it's very daunting. I, I was there before years ago and, it's very daunting the first step to go in and talk to someone about the situation you're in, the situation you're not happy with and how to get started. And the best thing is to talk to um, someone who knows what they're doing. Like Because if you go in on your own behalf and if you just sign up somewhere somewhere online and you just go in and try it out, and you're not going to know. The majority of people don't know what they're doing. So uh, it ends up then giving up because... First of all, they don't know what to do and they don't know how to get results, so they can't get the results they want. So, or they go maybe the wrong way about it and they're not getting the results they want. So, yeah, you better just go in and, and I know it's hard, but just take that first step and talk to someone um, about what you want to do and, and they'll explain to you how we're going to go about it and go from there. It's not necessarily an aesthetic thing either. A lot of people seem to focus on on the way that their body is going to look. And me, being one of them at times, I can kind of get hung up on the way my body is looking. But someone said something to me recently in that your body is an instrument. It's not an ornament in the sense that you need it for functionality. You need it to do and get about better in life as opposed to just the aesthetic point of view. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's just like if you compare it to, to bodybuilders who have extremely low body fat, that's only for a couple of weeks of the year, and you know, if you ask that that bodybuilder when he's he or she when they're extremely low in body fat, they run, you know, a kilometer, they they be in bits after it. Like it's that's not real fitness. You need more functional fitness, if that makes sense, and um, more kind of everyday life fitness and general health. And it's not all about 
the way a person a person looks. Obviously, body composition is is a big thing, and you want your body composition to be better. But I always say to people, especially when I'm doing assessments, and that's that's half the thing. So when I do measurements of body weight and body fat and all these things, we see in black and white how much a person is actually getting better. But that's kind of half the result. The other half is how you're feeling, how your energy is, how your general mood is, how much fitter and stronger you are in, in general life, how much easier things like simple things like people come into me all Joe, I'm, I'm running around work and jumping out of bed in the morning with loads of energy. Them things are just as important as losing X amount of weight or win inches. And uh, finally, Davey, before we let you go, in, in terms of uh, people that kind of want to train and they might think that there's going to be like, oh, this is going to be like having a second job. I'm going to need to train for X amount of hours a week. I don't have that time. I have the kids at home. I have the job. I'm commuting X amount of time. What kind of time frame are you talking about to be able to start seeing results if you're doing well on the nutrition side of things? Well, I had a man there a few weeks ago who did three days a week with me, so that's three hours a week, and he wasn't doing anything outside of that. His job didn't really allow him to do much outside of that. He did three hours a week and he lost three stone, 10 pounds in 10 weeks. Wow. That's that's quite a lot. Yeah, that's that's it. His job was very, you know... Stationary. um, Yeah, not manual like at all. And he got going properly in the diet. He didn't really understand about what he should have been eating and we got that going and then his exercise levels would have been fairly low to start, so he got a good bang off a little bit of exercise. And yeah, he's a totally different man now and way more energy, obviously much lighter in body weight, much more uh, mobility and strength. Everything is way better. But yeah, now you don't need much time really. <clears throat> in the grand scheme of things, how much time do we spend on our phone or looking at TV? You know, everyone has time really like. Well, it's always great to hear from you, Davey. I'll be seeing you tomorrow at Davey Jones Fitness as we continue the journey of the 10-week course. The blog post is up on scoreline.ie as of now. You may have a read of it and see some of my failings (laughs) along the way. But until tomorrow, thanks very much, Davey. Thank you, Shane. Debbie Jones from Debbie Jones Fitness. <laughs> uh, Colm, it's week nine now of the NFL. How are things going? What's happening over there? Things are, are mad, Shane. This has been uh, very much a, 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 an unusual season. Um, outside of the Bills and the Chiefs, who kind of everyone knew would be a good team, everybody else, it has been all over the place. It, it has been really impossible to say, you know, who who a good team is, particularly in the AFC. Um, on on that side, look, the Eagles are eight and zero. Um, I expected the Eagles to be good. I don't think anyone maybe expected them to be eight and zero good. And I think that maybe the the story of the season is the Seahawks, who obviously traded away. Um, the man who everyone talks about as a, a future Hall of Famer won a Super Bowl with them, Russell Wilson to the Broncos, had a competition between Geno Smith and Drew Locke. They were talked about as potentially having, you know, the number one pick overall. They find themselves sitting atop the NFC West, one of the most competitive divisions in um, football at five and three. And Geno Smith is maybe not the, the favourite, but certainly in the conversation for league MVP. Speaking of someone who is just one of the greatest players of all time and you're talking about MVPs and stuff, uh, Tom Brady has had a bit of a tumultuous year due to his uh, 
what what is happening off the field, let's say. But a tremendous career. How overall has he been in this season? Um, he he's been he's been okay. He hasn't been the maybe the biggest issue that the the Bucks um, have had, and it's interesting because they are going up against the Rams tonight. And I was thinking about this earlier, Shane. I knew it was coming on. I was actually thinking it's a bit like it feels a bit like when uh, Hulk Hogan took on the the Warrior, the Ultimate Warrior, but in WCW in nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. I was going to say WrestleMania six, but yes, I know exactly the match you're talking about. That was their peak. These are two uh, two teams and, and two people who potentially are, are past their peak because Brady kind of flirted with um, retirement. As we know, he stepped away from the game, made the announcement and stepped back in, obviously has had stuff going on in his family life. But on the other side, the Rams, there was talk after the Super Bowl win that Sean McVay, one of the youngest head coaches in, in the league, but a man who has earned millions and millions and apparently has about a, a $350 million TV deal waiting for him, which Tom Brady does as well oh. um, when they when they retire. That um, Sean McVay is, was considering a retirement and again, the stories re-emerged this week. So I think that that is something that does have an impact on their teammates because when you know that somebody maybe is on the way out, and we saw it a little bit with um, Alex Ferguson at that time when he announced that he was going to be leaving Manchester United only to come back, and he talked about the impact it had on the team. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that with the Bucks and with the Rams. They haven't been what you would expect either of those two franchises to be. The you know These are, are two franchises who were in and around um, obviously, the Rams won it last year. The, the Bucks won it the year before, but they would were expected to be knocking on the the playoff door, and instead, the Rams sitting at uh, three and four, and the Bucks sitting at three and five. It's the first time in twenty years, Shane, that um, Tom Brady has been two games below five hundred, as they say, which is um, five, when you're five hundred, you're level. Um, and Tom Brady below that for the first two games below that for the first time in 20 years, which tells you the impact that it's having. But it, it isn't just Brady. The Bucks haven't been able to get anything going in the run game. Their offensive line has suffered enormously with injuries. But we have seen Tom Brady probably more rattled. He's always been a guy who you know plays a little bit on his emotions, a little bit on edge. But we've seen him smashing tablets. We've seen him screaming at his teammates. He's probably, I think he knows uh, maybe that this is the last rodeo, the last go round for him. And the frustration is beginning to show. I mean, when you have the Falcons sitting above you in the NFC South, uh, it isn't the way Tom Brady would have wanted this season to go, certainly. Well, like, you know, he if he does indeed retire, he'll be retiring as the man with the, the, the most Super Bowls of all time, seven. He's just 164 yards short of 100,000 passing yards in his career, which he's probably going to surpass against the Rams. It's just an incredible, incredible feat. And no doubt, he'll be recognised as the GOAT. Yeah, he cer- certainly he, he will be. I mean, he uh, everything you, you said there, I mean, it's almost ridiculous, the stats. That, that he has. I mean, that's why you kind of question why he did come back. It's almost like this obsession. He has all the rings, he has all the stats, but he just can't seem to to walk away from from the game. And for so long, he defied the odds and he defied physics. You know, he he seemed. It, it, but I felt that we just began to saw to see last year 
where the hand-eye coordination just wasn't there. And, and I think I talked to you previously when I was on, just saw with, with the, the games against the Saints, it was the first time I'd ever seen Brady look at his hand like in disbelief, like the ball wouldn't go where he wanted it to go. He, look, when he, when he does go, and I think he probably will be in this year, yes, he will absolutely be the most decorated player in league history by a country mile. It'll be interesting to see whether, you know, somebody like Patrick Mahomes can ever get to that level or with the money that the players are earning now, does Patrick Mahomes decide that, you know, in 10 years time at the age of maybe 35, 36, I'm done. I'm not going to do what Tom Brady did and play into my mid forties. I prefer to, to walk away. And that is something that we're certainly seeing, maybe not with quarterbacks, but with other players. We did see it, obviously, with Andrew Luck, but um, it will be interesting to see if that trend continues into the future. Certainly will. Well, you see, like the, the, I was remember watching The Last Dance in, in terms of Michael Jordan and they were talking about when he hit his 30s, but you see LeBron now playing up until he's 37. You have Joe Johnson with the Celtics. He's at 40. Carmelo Anthony is still playing. You know, there's some... some Tremendous players still playing. And because you look at Zlatan Ibrahimovic, say, for AC Milan, or Ronaldo, of course, Messi, people that are reaching uh, what would have been considered past their prime, but because of the nutrition and stuff that's coming in there now, Tom Brady can still play at 45. Yeah, and, and it's a testament, to, I suppose, to also the, the way in which he, he plays the game. He's been very, very smart, and that's, that's, not, that's a good thing. Um, he, he's been very smart in the way he has played the game. He, he's more of a pocket passer, and he gets rid of the ball. I mean, Tom Brady, when you can, this year, he gets the ball out the quickest of anyone in the league. So he's not taking those big hits that some of the other QBs are taking. Um, and ordinarily, that's been very successful because what he does is he runs, um, you know, screens or bubbles where he throws the, one of his wide receivers behind or one of the running backs behind the, the line of scrimmage. But they're able, because of the blocking of the offensive line, to get up the field. But the offensive line play just hasn't been as good this year. And that's been one of, one of the factors. And he, at 45, he just doesn't have the arm that he had previously um, to maybe be able to kind of take the, the deep shots down the field. Hasn't been helped by some of his receivers. Mike Evans had an enormous drop in their last, their surprise loss against the Panthers a few weeks ago. But yeah, Tom Brady is going to be coming to Germany next week. That game, um, unbelievable. The, the NFL reckon they could have sold 3 million tickets for that game. Um, and oh. he will... Uh, certainly get a, a rousing reception in Germany um, and uh, it could be, uh, you know, add another victory over there potentially against the Seahawks. So that would be a different, uh, difficult game. But, you know, adding yet another kind of uh, record to, to his lengthy, lengthy um, record sheet. And it, it, look, when he, when he goes, undoubtedly there will be this kind of enormous gap for a time and for the Bucks. I was a little bit surprised, Shane, they didn't do more at the trade deadline because this is, I really believe this is it for Brady. I would have thought they would want to go all in and maximize their potential because once Brady goes, the Bucks aren't going to find anyone like him. They kind of stumbled into Tom Brady and he made them relevant again. He made them fantastic to, to watch. Uh, I was surprised they didn't give him maybe a bit more protection or another weapon. Um, so particularly at tight end with Gronk gone, they haven't looked the same in that position. He doesn't have the safety blanket that he had with Gronk. So, yeah, a little bit surprised by what the Bucks did there. 
Well, uh, just getting off Tom Brady before we have to go. The show is nearly finished there now, Colm. Um, no doubt you're get gearing up for a very, very busy night. But any pick of games tonight? Yeah, t- tonight, tonight's one. I suppose what what you're you're looking at uh, tonight really is is probably to see uh, in terms of that um, that Bucks Rams game and see what happens with that. I think the um, the Cardinals Seahawks. I talked about it earlier. The the Seahawks have been one of the surprises, and the Cards. It's kind of do or die for them. They have to get a win. So I think that could be a, a really, really high-scoring game. And the other one, Shane, perhaps for, for people in the early window, um, coming up in just under 10 minutes, the Falcons against the, the Chargers. Um, the, Fal- the Falcons have been surprising on offense. The Chargers absolutely need to get a win. Justin Herbert has been carrying an injury. He's got a lot of receivers out, but they have to find a way to, to win tonight. So I would say keep an eye, Falcons Chargers in the early window, and you kind of have two in the late window, the Cards, Seahawks, and the Bucks and the Rams. And we can follow all that along on the Irish NFL show. Colm, thanks so much for taking the time, sir. Brilliant. Always great chatting to you, Shane. Thank you very much. Colm Cronin from the Irish NFL show. You can follow him along on Twitter. Some great, great analysis, as always, from Colm and the lads. And that has been Score Line Extra. You can catch the show live every Saturday and Sunday from 2 to 6 and listen to a warm-up scoreline on Friday nights with Eddie Scally from 6 to 7 and our and the rundown of all the events with full time with Sinead Kyo on Monday evenings from 6 to 7. We'll be back again next week. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and remember, sound out.